I'm Samuel Davis Jr. Welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast. A black man wearing the police uniform of blue can be painful. The mission of this podcast is to understand the necessity of proper policing and fair treatment for everyone. Black and blue is a delicate balance with the scales of justice never reaching all people. These are my stories. This is my journey, a 28-year career in law enforcement that's led to making a difference in the lives of others. While on patrol one morning in South Sacramento, I was just driving along like I typically did during those times in the morning. Um, When you work day shift, a lot of times what happens is you get an understanding of how certain things impact your workload for the day. So, for example, um, if you are um, if you on patrol, you may get a you may get a call from dispatch. It talks about a burglary in progress. Somebody's house is being broken into. Well, one of the things that we found after years of being on patrol is when you have these burglaries that take place in these homes, it's typically going to be students that are cutting class from high school and and middle school. Um, So we basically had a response where Immediately, we would send officers to the house and we would send other officers to just kind of hang out around the area in case they got away from the original officers or the initial officers and, uh, and started driving, you know, trying to drive away from the scene. This particular morning, um, and it's, it's just wild because I don't think a lot of people really understand the stress that you go through as you are on a call, especially when it deals with life or death. So this particular morning, typically people would call in and talk to the dispatchers if they needed help with the police call. But this particular phone call was really different. There was a 14-year-old girl that was on the phone with her mother, on the cell phone with her mom, And she told her mom that there are people inside the house that have just broken in. She was hiding in the closet. So this information comes third party because the mother is talking to the daughter on the phone and then has to has to two way or three way a um, a dispatcher to ask for help. So I remember when that call first came out and how I felt inside. There's a certain energy and you hear me talking about my energy or just experiencing this energy as I deal with these calls. Sometimes the energy tells me that it's urgent and sometimes the energy is like it's not necessarily urgent, but it's something that you need to pay attention to. And so in this case, I'm driving code three lights and siren early in the morning because this 14 year old is on the phone with her mother telling her mom that there are people inside the house and they just broke in and she's scared. She's hiding in a closet. She was in the bed when they made entries, but she dashed to the closet and started hiding under stuff. Well, we get there as fast as we can. I pull up and there's a canine unit that pulls up right next to me. And so he takes a position um, just west of me I can see him, and 
as I look up, I see a suspect on top of the fence, jumping over the fence, trying to flee. So I told him to put his hands in the air and he kept running. Well, he ran west from where I was and he ran right into the canine. And so he was bit by the canine. So we had one suspect in custody. We know we had either one or two more. We didn't know if anybody was in the house, but I was thinking the worst and I didn't know if she was okay. It had been some time since we'd heard from her and her mother just basically said that, you know, she's still waiting patiently in the closet, but I mean, it's different. It's not like I could call her and ask her if she was okay. So we know that there's one, at least one other suspect. And so we're looking for that person. And I guess a couple of streets over, they found that person and they arrested that person as well. So now the canine has, the canine officer has to now clear the house. He sends his dog inside the house. And within a matter of seconds, I just felt my heart just drop to the ground as I heard a high pitch scream and I realized that the canine dog was biting this 14-year-old girl. So I say to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm screaming at the canine handler, and he's screaming at the dog, and finally we get the dog off of her, but she's been bitten, she's been injured, and she's bleeding. And I can't tell you how I really felt. I mean, I can't ex- explain and describe that I felt that even though we were there to save her life. We also hurt her as well. And I know, just as I was when I was younger, I know that when these type things happen, you you never want the police to impact somebody negatively like that. She was happy that, you know, she was alive and she was okay, but then she really wasn't because now she's traumatized because of the bite from the canine. So I... um Thank the parents. The parents showed up. We made sure that she got to the hospital. And that's what happened, pretty much. And in, 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 this, in this story, once I knew she was going to the hospital, I knew that she was at least going to be okay. The next day, I thought about this all night. It bothered me because... That's not what our job is. Our job is to protect people. Our job is not to have our own canine dogs bite a victim. And so I went to one of the stores. It might have been a CVS or a Walgreens or something like that. And they always have stuffed animals. I always make jokes about them having stuffed animals. And I went into the store this morning because I wanted to make sure that I bought her a stuffed animal and give it to her. And um, I did that, and I knocked on the door. This was the next morning, and uh, her mother answered the door and was really happy to see me, and I asked her to have her daughter come out, and then I gave her daughter, uh, it was it's a Mickey Mouse and a Minnie Mouse, um, kind of like hugged up, you know, and... So when she saw that, she just kind of, the look and the expression on her face was just the most awesome thing I'd ever seen. But I wanted that young lady to know that 
I was sorry that she got bit. Um, I did everything I could to possibly help her and to make sure she wasn't in any type of negative um, peril anymore. And um, so what came out of that for me is it must have been with my iPhone 2 or iPhone 4 or whatever it was, but I had the mother take a picture of us. And so to this day, I keep that picture with me because it matters to me. I wanted that young lady to understand that you could trust us. You could trust the police. We're here to do the positive thing for you. Now, of course, everybody may not feel that way, but on that particular day and on that particular call, you recognize that, you know, your call of duty is you put it all out on the line for the people in the communities that you serve. And you go to work understanding that, and you go home understanding that, and you can't let one situation or another change your thought process. You have to always be about the people in the areas in which you patrol, and they're gonna want you to be that. They're gonna want you to be that person. Most people understand that it's not going to be a stuffed animal that they're going to get, but it's going to be an understanding that not only can we get along with the police, but the police are going to do their side. And so, therefore, the community has to do their side. That's the, the, the total understanding of, you know, being about the, the areas that you patrol.